Welcome to the Listener Don't Podcast, a podcast featuring raw, uncut, and unfiltered conversations between two midlife girlfriends sharing their life experiences. Listener don't. Either way, we'll be fine. I'm doing good. I just got back from thrifting, going in vintage shopping with okay. my friend Lindsay. Yeah. How, how was that? I know you have a mixed relationship with thrifting. I do. I, you know, it's, uh, I enjoy looking at things. Like I like seeing different ideas, textures, patterns. I wish I was the kind of girl that could wear thrifted clothing, but (laughs) it's not my style. I don't, yeah, it's not my style. And it's a little far outside of my creative zone to be able to to like put it all together because I you know I guess I'd have to start someplace but it doesn't uh always work well for me but I love the concept yeah I wonder if you're associating a particular style with thrift shopping and that's why you think so let me give you an example I used to think of thrifting as something that sits in a (laughs) uh 90s Delia's catalog mm. <laughs> aesthetic like that you sure, know sure sure because that's how I wanted to appear especially when I was in high school or even like a 50s sort of aesthetic mm-hmm. like whatever mm-hmm. and now when I think of thrifting I think about like vintage things that I like today. So yeah. if I found, oh my gosh, what would I really want today that would be great to find um, in a thrift store? Mm, I'm thinking clothing wise. If I found a fantastic, really well-preserved, modern Yves Saint Laurent blazer. Sure. That for me is um, vintage, not yeah. thrifting, even though the act of shopping is the thrift. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, I think I have a, a good relationship with it. I mean, I used to be, I mean, growing up, I garage sailed all the time. Yeah. And I think I always, at that time, always had a very robust closet. Mm-hmm. I no longer have a robust closet. Mm-hmm. And my closet hasn't been something fun for me to play in in a while. Mm-hmm. So I was wanting this to be my experience where it's just like, oh, well, this is going to be fun for me to play and be able to like build some things on some of the pieces that I have. Mm-hmm. But then I'm just like, yeah, no, that didn't hit with me today. Like it just didn't land. Okay. So I don't know. Like I like it. I like the idea of it. But then every time I go in, I'm just kind of like, mm, not for you. Yeah. Not for me. But I, you know, I, it was great having fun with Lindsay and hanging out with her and just seeing all of the things like I wish I would have kept all my old coach bags that I had back when I was right right <laughs> because <Yeah>. now <laughs> all these fuckers are selling for a hundred dollars hundreds like, hundreds yeah coach and I'm th- like more like, like Louis Vuitton yes uh, Chanel Gucci like all of the you know top design names yeah. or the, those yeah. classic bags that to me is what I think of when I think of thrifting. Mm-hmm. I'm like, let mm-hmm. me go out and find, you know, uh, 1960 
Gucci horse fit with, you know, the yes. brass still in like impeccable taste. Let me find that bitch. Like that's, yeah. I, I love that. Or like, I remember us going to Randolph street market in Chicago uh, and me, that was very much thrifting, you know, but it was like, there's just so many vintage um, pieces. Mm-hmm. And of course there were clothes too, but I'm thinking of like vintage or thrifted thrifting. I think it's just shopping, um, but vintage t-shirts, yeah, vintage sweatshirt. Like that is like, Oh, so I'm like, you know, I'll, thrift, I'll take a secondhand deal anytime. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I would just maybe wasn't in the right mental space for it today. Like yeah. I originally when I asked her about it, I was super inspired because of <laughs> a couple of the people that I was following on Instagram. Yeah. And Lindsay's always pulling together some awesome, like like you just yeah. said, like an old T-shirt. Yeah. You know, she knots it in the front, a fabulous mm-hmm. like long skirt with like a really mm-hmm. cute belt. And I'm like, Ooh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, let's do inspire. that. And then I, I went out and I'm like, yeah, no, wasn't it. Feeling, yeah. And I also would love to have at some point, I'm torn between like the house idea of having like a bunch of vintage pieces mm-hmm. in a home. Mm-hmm. I think would be a lot of fun as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that too. Oh my gosh. Yes, I like that a lot. Yeah, I did find so, this little piece that was very much me. It's like this little crocheted thing that says, fuck <laughs> off. That is absolutely you. <laughs> so I have it hanging next to my feelings wheel. <laughs> it is a feeling. It is a feeling. Mm-hmm. It's a, a sentiment of the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? What's been exciting lately? exciting i have had a lot of really great conversations this weekend i went to dinner with um what we have plans to have like a girls potluck this weekend with a couple of friends who um you know we try and get together as often as we can but our schedules are always so opposite that maybe we'll get together every two months but we had plans and one of them had a sick baby COVID is really going around I feel like it is have like a couple of friends had to cancel on things because they've got COVID and I'm just Mm -hmm. like fuck here we go again I guess it's like the new flu season you know COVID season yeah um but anyway one of them couldn't come so instead of having the potluck the other friend and I went um to Lincoln Square and we um went to Raven we were in Ravenswood just kind of walking and landed at this place that's supposed to be like one of the 15 top Neapolitan pizza restaurants in the world sure. type of deal Two hour wait Yikes. um but we you know we were in the neighborhood so we just kind of walked around and went to a festival and picked up some shortbread cookies and you know caught up a bit and finally sat down and we were talking about well, I mean it's pretty on par for I think this podcast we we're talking a lot about self-talk Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about how the act of, I'll give this example, I'm feeling a certain type of way about myself, um, mm-hmm. and how I will talk about myself in a really negative way, but then, um, recognizing too, when I'm talking to her, I'm talking to her or saying things to her that I think are compliments. We'll just say like physical compliments, like, oh my God, you sure. look so great. Or you're so muscular mm-hmm. or whatever the case mm-hmm. is. And she may be working on, she's going through a process of working on detaching her value to like her, you know, what the external validation that others Correct. give her relative to her physical appearance. Um, and like, how that impacts relationships, you know, mm-hmm. intimate relationships with her and like the, the self-talk in her head, like, you know, they only like me because of, you know, the way I look mm-hmm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, well, that's a blessing. I wish someone like me because of the way I look, but <laughs> sure. in turn, I think 
in like us talking through it, I was recognizing that one, what I am speaking into her are really my own insecurities and projections of what I want and how, whether consciously or unconsciously, and I think in this case it is, um, how like perhaps like it falls on the destructive end, you know, for someone mm-hmm. that's really trying to mm-hmm. um, expand that. their only you know, perception of I'm only worthy of the way I look. And then we started going into how revolutionary it is to really uh, detach from what society and the patriarchy and all these systems of power tell us should be of the utmost value. For example, women, you know, we have to look a certain way. We have to be a certain weight or hair, you know, there's like Mm -hmm. a, a value attached to certain kinds of hair or a certain kind of look, depending on, of course, on mm-hmm. like cultural and there's all these, you know, sub nuances, I think, to, yeah. to this idea specific to like a physical appearance. If I'm a person who feels I am not in a physical place that I would like to be, and I'm also a person who is attaching my own self value to that, how much I'm still playing into this larger um, idea that I'm supposed mm-hmm. to look a certain way or be a certain way in order order to have value. And it's this like very stealth, but meaningful, uh, revolutionary act to (laughs) say, but no, you know, but no, like, I don't want, I don't want, I don't believe that. And then how much there's this pressure coming. And I think, you know, we were talking about it on a larger scale, but we sort of grew from this one tiny example of how revolutionary it is to not only not have that self-talk, but yes. also do the opposite. Right. Right. You know, and right. how like, how like that's a form of activism in a lot Absolutely. of when, Absolutely. you know, Har and I both, you know, especially you know, over COVID and, you know, that I think the sort of resurgence of Black Lives Matter, we're doing a lot of participation in what activism was told by us to do, like in ways we should show up, you know? And I think we both were talking about how we can broaden that activism and do it in these really small ways by having this conversation of one, I I refuse to believe that my worth and my value was caught up in this, my look, you know, which is driven by so many other things, you know, so many systems, systems of power specifically, and how you can also influence the people in your immediate community who are almost shocked by, you know, oh, wow, you don't feel that way. And then perhaps it plants a seed of them also feeling, you know, empowered um, and detached from, you know, someone else's external validation and, you know, perception of what they are or what's a value for them. It was a long-winded way of saying it was a very good dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it. Well, and, and what you're talking about is everything that's in, I think, a book that I recommended to you a while ago mm. um, called The Body is Not an Apology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Power of Radical Self-Love by Sonia Renee Taylor. Mm-hmm. I read that. Mm-hmm. All of what you're saying is everything that she's talking about in that book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just releasing it and I, that fat phobia. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I did not get that from that book the first oh, really? time I read it. No. For me, what I got was what felt like, and this is no shade because I think she's a brilliant writer, a regurgitation of the same political stance that I don't have to be a certain way in order for others to accept me. Like that to me was a very... A, my understanding was very um, shallow where that's where I got from it. And I feel like in that conversation with Mike, once again, none of this is revolutionary what I'm saying. Like it is literally what her book's about, but I feel like I was able to apply it in that moment where it really truly was like, Oh, like, you know, 
Yeah, by detaching the idea of counting macros to the expected outcome of shrinking, but you know, reframing the idea of um, um, being aware of what I'm eating to how I feel is like revolutionary in the sense, like I no longer care about what I look like because right. if I feel a certain way, then my perception of how I look will really change. If yeah, that makes sense. it does. Yeah. And I also think about when you're talking about that, it's shifting it to eating in a way that makes you feel good and also eating in a way that supports your body where it's at in your journey within like lifting weights or if it's Mm -hmm. running or whatever it might be Mm -hmm. right to understand like what are the nutrients that my body really needs Mm -hmm. as I'm burning what it is that I'm that I'm doing and how is the food going to support what I'm trying to accomplish with my strength goals my vitality or whatever it is yeah that's very true but for whatever reason when I start attaching those kinds of outcomes to food I fall down a rabbit hole of trying to control in order to shrink I feel like still attaches me to this system of power and this patriarchal idea that if I am a certain X, then I will be valued, desired, you know, um, but if I, it's almost like tying these things to a spiritual purpose, something I want to, you know, explore more. I want to, I want to think of, you know, that and that I want to think of food and again, none of this is like a brand new thought. Like this is literally, I feel like, uh, you know, one of the mini Vedas in, in, in like Vedic texts, like this is, you know, um, this is Ayurveda. This is like the science of life and, you know what I mean? It ties the spiritual to, uh, to the science of the body. And I, yep. that, but that's really where I'm trying to, I don't know, like practically apply when I yeah. think of food and eating. And I know we've talked about this before, but I'll shut up. No, I don't think you need to <laughs> shut up. I enjoy where your head is at because mm-hmm. it's very much a space of where I've been deconstructing as well mm-hmm. is all of that, like outcomes, timelines to achieve Mm. x and Mm -hmm. you know all of that like completely deconstructing the diet culture if you will yeah and looking at body dysmorphia looking Mm -hmm. at all of the different conversations that happen in my head as i'm sitting and and having food or not Mm -hmm. having food or thinking about what i want to have you know like it's just this constant like cycle yeah. Deconstructing is one thing, but what about eliminating the ideology, you know, for lack of a better term of, of diet culture? What about eliminating that from, from like our, our internal selves? Like there's no spirituality oh, in diet culture. To Correct. Me. There's no, no spirituality there isn't. in any of that. So what about yeah. like completely eliminating it? Absolutely. And I think when I, when I think of deconstructing, it's what you were talking about earlier is understanding sort of where this came from, how different things of the way that I was brought up, the way that food was talked about, the way we moved around in our kitchen, how mm-hmm. all of that like created sort of these um, behaviors and habits mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. thoughts that I currently have. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, when I think about like, I want to deconstruct it so I can get it down to sort of like that base. Mm -hmm. And then I think for me, then it's the elimination. Then it's just Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, that's now done. Now Mm -hmm. let's build this to a way in your, in what you were saying as well is like, how do I build this spiritually? So that this is something that I can consciously connect into my body that consciously connects for me in my mind with my thoughts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how can it consciously connect with me for my spirit, my soul of something that feels good for me and that I'm doing this for me and not for something else or from a belief that was from long ago or a system yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I never really um 
like I said, again, none of this is, I know for both you and I, we've talked about this in so many different ways, but for whatever reason, really feeling the, um, the, how spirituality can be, I don't know, like, um, a framework for mm-hmm. all things, yeah. you know, agreed. Um, <clears throat> because it is a relationship and we've talked about a relationship yeah. with food, a relationship with money, a relationship with people, a relationship with our bodies, our yep. minds, like all of these, this, this stuff is interdependent. And I would love to come from a place of um, a spiritual well-being when it comes to what I choose um, yes. to consume, like whether it be food, money, sex, relationships, you know, shopping, all like whatever I consume, I would love for it to come from a place of, is this supporting my spiritual well-being mm. um, and how, and then making, you know, uh, either a choice or asking for um, mm-hmm. the answer, which to me is also part of placing spirituality at the, at the very front of Absolutely. my life, you know, of, yep. of the kind of, of life I want to, I want to live. And again, that's not for everybody. I think spirituality no. saying it is, you know, turns a lot of folks off probably, well, but for me, I think much broadly than I'm not thinking of like a God. Like, you know, I was going to say, it depends on how you're defining spirituality. Cause yeah. I think you and I are the same. Like yeah. it's not necessarily a God, but yeah. it's definitely a being that is larger than yeah. self. It's the order. Whatever that is. Yeah. The order the of order. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was I, I was listening to something. I think it might've been, oh, Anne Lamont, when I was doing the uh, writer room, mm-hmm. she refers to as uh, God, mm-hmm. Gus, G-U-S, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> greater universe, mm-hmm. spirit, you know, outside of you. So I thought mm-hmm. that was kind of like a fun way of, of thinking about it. Cause when I've done the artist way before, she speaks a lot of God. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also a uh, recovering uh, alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that was part of her journey, right? Mm-hmm. And she she believed in that. So she brought up God. But like right away in the beginning, she's just like, call it whatever you will. Yeah. Don't allow my use of the word God to deter you from mm-hmm. taking this journey, like come mm-hmm. up with your own thing. So I always thought that that was fascinating because I also think about spirituality does not necessarily have to be a particular religion being or thing. Yeah. You know? It's not religion to me. Yeah. At least. It's not. I don't think so for me either. And that, um, you know, that idea of, you know, God being whatever it is that you choose it to be so long mm-hmm. as it's not you is very much 12 step. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, in recovery, the idea of essentially assigning something anything other than you mm-hmm. <laughs> because I one I think well there's several reasons but I would I for me I interpret it as I haven't been so great in making a whole lot of decisions especially if I was you know in a place of addiction you mm-hmm. know prior to getting on a path to recovery not the greatest decision maker you know or working the question I think of Dr. Phil like how's that end up for you you know how are those choices sure. <laughs> like <laughs> how's that going for you you know like eh, yeah maybe not. you know maybe not so good so what if I was to surrender the idea of like all of my decisions coming from my brain, which has limits rather, uh, and instead allowing something bigger than me to guide me towards what is best, mm-hmm. um, and letting that, you know, whatever you call it, intuition, spirituality, yeah. God, universe, yeah. like a pickle, I don't care, but anything other than you sort of like, you know, make the call. And I feel you get that, you get that calling that next step. And for me in quiet places, you know, quiet, oh. quieter places. And I think when you're talking about that, I think about how, when you are attached to something outside of yourself and you're in that that quiet in that space, 
I feel like it allows you to, to connect deeper to yourself mm. and to be able to trust yourself, to be able to be guided by those answers that you have within you. Because I think that that's the piece for me that that true spirituality then brings me back to my center so mm. that I can make the decisions that I've already know the answer to, but right. now I finally trust myself. Right. Right. And I believe in myself because I believe that I'm guided by something bigger. So it's not like I'm getting the answers from mm -hmm. something bigger outside mm -hmm. of me. It's just that I'm more connected to self. Therefore, all of the things that I'm looking for that are going to be on my path are mm -hmm. easily coming to me and being presented to me because now I'm available to see those. How do you do that when you don't trust yourself? What's the path to getting Oof. to that place? Yeah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, it's been a lot of that deconstructing of the beliefs of the self-talk and really getting down to, okay, well, what is this leading to? Why mm. is this here? And have that understanding to bring myself back to, okay, like find, I, uh, there's no easy way of saying just like find that trust within myself mm. Mm. because it is not easy. Because it's so easy to just go along with whatever has always been done or go along with whatever you've always done because it's been comfortable and it's been safe. Mm -hmm. Right. But mm -hmm. I think, I don't know, I, I'm trying to like come up with like how it happens, but yeah. it just sort of seems like if I center myself in the things that make me feel good and that bring me positive energy to self. Mm -hmm. We've talked about journaling, meditating, playing with my Oracle cards, connecting with my life coach, you know, doing those sort of things that kind of help me get outside of my head mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to give me that space to breathe and then come back to, okay, what is it that I really want? And just sit with that question and see how it feels in my body Thank to be said. able to guide me to that answer. You said something really that answered it for me. And that is... As I was asking the question, I'm like, well, how would I answer this? You know, going to your life coach, coach, mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. generally you're saying like, you know, outside of me. To me, that's mm -hmm. what I heard. Like the answer mm -hmm. to um, when I don't trust myself is outside of me. <laughs> Anything sure. again but me because I don't trust me. And I think that's my answer. In order to learn how to trust myself, I don't rely on other people to ask questions of me until mm -hmm. I learned you know, how yep. to connect with my own inner sort of knowing, you know, my yeah. inner knowing, my outer knowing, but that's, that was it. Like I, I couldn't do it, you know, I couldn't yeah. know where to go. And, you know, I was probably feeling that probably I was feeling sort of in my darkest mm -hmm. place. I relied on other people, you know, just mm -hmm. to support what system. The, what the fuck am I supposed to do now? Yeah. Like where next? Yeah. Cause I'm done. I am done. Yep. That sort of turning it over, you know, is, scary but also not it's really powerful and it's such a relief to be like I don't fucking know someone else tell me mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and, you know someone that maybe you trust more than yourself um, relative to what it is that you're going through and to right. me that that can be a therapist that can be you know any kind of recovery program that can be you know a friend a lover a parent you know but someone right. who's gone through what you're going through and trusting mm -hmm. they've come out of it and then just for a second trusting what they say as a suggestion right. <laughs> because until I'm at the place where I can trust myself I'm just going to do whatever you tell me to do yeah um no, I can get behind that. And I also think it's just, we've talked about this before. It's just that surrender to, I don't know the yeah. answers. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to get myself out of this anymore. Mm -hmm. I need help. Mm -hmm. They're just that surrender in the, I need help. Yeah. I love that. I need help. And I don't know. I love those two 
sentences mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. than anything, especially when I'm so torn up and frustrated and sad and um, scared. You know, usually fear is behind most of you know, right. the, the reasons why I don't want to do something that um, intuitively I know I should be doing, but there, you know, instead of beating myself up about it or over it, I think just sort of pause it and say like, I need help is mm-hmm. so powerful. Agreed. So about those bears. <laughs> That was a joke. I was going to say, <laughs> football team? <laughs> I'm like, I was watching bear videos on Instagram. What bears? <laughs> that was a terrible joke. Yeah, uh, because I don't know how we ended up here. You guys think about dinner. <laughs> well, no, I asked you, I said, what's been interesting? And yeah. this was... A very, a very interesting, interesting conversation. All my conversations lately uh, have with, you know, friends and, you know, oh gosh, I have so much I want to say. Ooh, <laughs> let's, let's pause. Let's hold on that. And okay. then this will be, this will be the follow-up. Catch <laughs> us on your, on our next podcast for the follow-up of the interesting conversations <laughs> that we've been having with friends. <laughs> All right. So bye for now. And, uh, yeah, catch us next week. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Bye. Thanks, friend, for tuning in to this episode of the Listener Don't Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. And if so, please write us a review and share us with your friends. This episode is sponsored by Jill Daler Coaching, here to guide you to discover and recover your authentic self. If you're ready to create and live a fuck yeah life, I'm here for it. Let's connect at JillDaler.com.